Amen. Amen. Thank you all so much for being here tonight. We appreciate it. Um, just once again, thank all of the visitors that are here. We want you to know your most honored and welcome guests. Thank all of our sister congregations who have, who have already worshipped this evening and coming back over to support this meeting. I, I so much appreciate it. Brother Chad, you know, um, I thought I got it. I got happy. But brother, you get happy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I, you all that, you know, you know what? We can be happy, can't we? Because, because we love God and we know what God has done for us. We serve a good God. Now, now, now church, not that we've been so good, but because we serve a good God. And because of his mercy and his grace, he's allowed us to come out tonight. I am, I am, I hope you all are so happy to be here tonight. I, we, my wife and I are so thankful for this congregation, the leadership, Brother Chad, and, 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 and we just, we, 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 have, we have not only come amongst brothers and sisters in Christ, but we have truly met new friends, truly. You all are our friends. We can go back, and here's the thing about it, y'all show can sing. Oh, we love it. You know, that Sunday now, now my wife and I, we, we've sang that and we go to different congregations, but usually, can we talk? <laughs> y'all going to get to know me, really. Y'all going to get to know me. I love to talk to, to God's people. And, and, and as I look out into the crowd, um, I don't see a whole lot of people that look like me. Praise the Lord. Y'all see, that's what's so good about being in Christ Jesus. It's because the Lord doesn't see color. He's colorblind. And that's what we have to be as God's people. But the reason I say that is because y'all saying like y'all got some soul. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We're going to have a great time. What I want to do tonight is actually this is this is really the kickoff of the meeting tonight. I want you to open your Bibles, if you have a Bible, to the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 16, Luke's chapter 16. And what I want to do for the next few days is I want to preach a story out of the book of Luke that that and and preach this story with a target audience in mind and that target audience is God's people now brethren I want to say something to God's people that would strengthen not only this congregation but whatever congregation you come from um, a lot of times we call our meetings gospel meetings and what I've learned about gospel meetings church is general, generally uh, the most of the folk that come out to support that meeting aren't unbelievers but it's God's people. Um, I believe gospel meetings are important and they have their place. But I'm the kind of preacher, brethren, that believe that if you can revive God's people, you don't have to worry about preaching the gospel. Because every one of us as God's people, we will be so excited about the gospel of Jesus Christ, you'll go out and tell somebody about Jesus. See this? And brethren, and, and, and simply the word revival simply means restoration or, or vigor activity. It simply means to stir up religiously. I hope and pray that I will be able to stir you up religiously. 
that's my intent from the congregation that we come from, uh, Poto, Oklahoma. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Poto, Oklahoma, but before we got to Poto, Oklahoma, we hadn't either. <laughs> Amen. Amen. This just shows you how, how God, what God does. If you let God lead you, God, God can take nothing and do something with. Um, uh, I'm just trying to give you find, time to find Luke 16. When you find it, just, just nod your head. And I know some of you may be uncomfortable saying amen. And let me tell you all something. This is church. Let me, let me just say this. Amen is not for me. God gets the glory. Amen just simply means I agree. So sometimes when as Brother Chad said, I'll be asking you to say amen. And the reason for that is I want to know if you are with me, if you are following along with me. Because, brethren, I, I believe that good, good preaching is good teaching. I really do. Um, so Luke, Luke chapter 16. I, you know, I have a real conviction about parables. I believe if you really want to come face to face with Jesus, if you really want to understand the heart of Jesus, if, if, if you are interested in the essence of the teaching of Jesus Christ, that the place you do that is, is in the parables of Jesus. I believe that. Now, brethren, um, Jesus had a very interesting way of presenting parables. Parables represented the primary teaching method of the greatest teacher that ever lived. And, and since he's the greatest teacher, church, it's interesting that his primary teaching method was parables. Jesus had an interesting way of using parables. Uh, he would just tell a story, and, 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 and that was the end of it. Uh, if you remember in Matthew chapter 13, he does that, and he tells this parable of the soul. Um, and he just says, Behold, a sower went forth, sowing seed. And some fell over here and some, some fell over there. And this happened and, and that happened. And then, brethren, what Jesus would do is, and after he said that story, he said, those who have ears, let them hear. That's all he said. Now, what kind of preacher would you suppose, church, me to be if I got up here tonight and told you a story, didn't explain the story, just sat down and says, those of you that have ears to hear, hear it, and that's the end of the sermon. Y'all would say, what's wrong with that preacher? Am I right? That's, that's not like him. Well, in Matthew chapter 13 and verses 10, the disciples came to Jesus, and they says, why do you do that, Jesus? And Jesus says, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, but to them, the them were the unbelievers. To them, it has not been given. Now, brethren, the thing about that is the Lord's method of using parables was if you want to hear, if you really want to work at this, if you open your heart to the word of God, and, 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 and it, it can... Jesus says, I can take this story and bless your life, but act like you don't want to hear it. Amen. And you know what? If you don't want to hear it, the good news of Jesus, see, it'll be good for us, but I've got, Jesus says, I've got a parable. And tonight, brethren, I've got a parable. The parable that I know will bless your life, but act like. 
Act like you don't want to hear it. Y'all can smile. It's okay. It's okay. But I believe preaching ought to change our lives. I really do, brethren. And, and I believe you ought, to, you ought to apply some of this stuff, and it, and it ought to make you different than when you leave, than, amen, than when you first came in. You ought to be able to leave this place tonight and say, you know what, I'm a better man. I'm a better woman. I just believe that through the foolishness of preaching, lives can be changed. I believe that. I believe this parable of the unjust steward can change our lives, church, if you just open your hearts tonight. So beginning in verse 1 of Luke chapter 16, verse 1, the Bible says, he also said. Now, if you have your Bible, if you have your own personal Bible, I want you to underline the word also, also. He is connecting something that he has already said. That's, that's important, brethren. It's important that you see this. So he says in verse 1, he also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. Now, I'll be reading from the New King James translation, and if you have any reliable translation, you'll be able to follow along. Verse 2, so he called him in and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, what shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. Now, brethren, at verse 4, the light comes on. He says in verses 4, I have resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. I want you to underline their houses, okay? So he says, he says, I'm going to do something. When they find out that I'm tired, when they find out that I'm a fired man and I can't pay my rent, and, I, and I'm about to get evicted, that they will welcome me into their houses. Y'all with it? Y'all following me? Amen. Verse 5. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first, how much, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measure of oil. So he said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to another, and how much do you owe? He said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write 80. Now, brethren, these next two verses, uh, and this is where we're on our way to, and they are particularly difficult sayings. That's why, church, that you don't often hear this parable preached very often. Uh, verse 8 says, so the master commended the unjust steward. Now, why in the world, church, would you commend somebody who is unjust, right? And then he says this in verses 8. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. 
Now, brethren, that's a sad commentary. Uh, the King James says, for the children of this world are wiser than the generation that are the children of the light. The children of the light, church, ought to be wiser than the children of this world. But he says here in this parable that the children of this world are better than promoting their agenda than the children of light. The children of the world are better promoting their agenda than we are. Now, brethren, if verse 8 wasn't bad enough, watch verse 9. Verse 9, church, looks like it, not, it ought not be in the Bible. Verse 9, he says, And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Question, what is mammon? Brethren, mammon is riches. Mammon is wealth. Mammon is financial resources. Mammon is money. He says, make friends for yourselves by the means of money. So that, we, that means that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Brethren, it seems like my everlasting home has something to do with the way I use my resources. Mm. But let me tell you something. We already know, hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. Am I right? Amen. Church, we have to go beyond the first principle. Now, don't get me wrong. I can preach it. I can preach here, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. Send you on your merry way, and you know what? You won't be better. Amen. And your everlasting home is somehow dependent on how you use your money. Now, I remember being told as a child growing up, I remember my mother and father telling me that you can't buy friends. If you have to buy your friends, they really aren't your friends. Am I right? But here is Jesus talking about using money to make friends. I want to look at four things in this parable. And this is, this is going to be in the course of this meeting. We're not going to get to all of them. We're just going to see one piece of it tonight. I want to talk about four things. First of all, I want to talk about the picture, the big picture. And then I want to talk about the problem. And then I want to talk about the plan. And, then, and on Wednesday night, we'll talk about the point. So I want to give you the big picture of what was going on. And then, brethren, we're going to see the problem of what was going on. And then we're going to look at the plan that the steward came up with to solve the problem that you'll see out of the big picture. Okay? And then the real point that the Lord is making. That's what we're going to do. Is that all right? Well, if it ain't, that's what I brought. <laughs> Amen. Brother Chad said, well, they hadn't heard this down in Poto. Well, they hadn't. When this was originally written, Luke did not write this in chapters and verses, okay? There was no Luke 16 in the original text. 
This sermon of Jesus really starts in Luke 15. Uh, that's why I want to start with the picture. I want to give you the picture of what's going on. So I want you to turn your Bibles over to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Beginning in the verses 1. The Bible says, Luke writes, Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners, and he eats with them. Now, brethren, the Bible says, the, and we shared a little bit last night at the table, the Bible says that then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to hear him. Now, brethren, I thought to myself when you read this, what's the difference between a tax collector or publican and a sinner? What's the difference? Well, let me tell you something. Publican was a tax collector. They hated the tax collectors. Tax collectors back in Jesus' time, not only in Jesus' time, in our time too. <laughs> Y'all don't like tax collectors, do you? Amen. Well, tax collectors back then really hated people, brethren. And so, so the tax collectors, there was two kinds of tax collectors. There was the Debea and the Mokis. Isn't it interesting that Matthew was a Mokis? Remember, he was sitting at the gate of customs collecting taxes. Brother, here it is. The debayer was the kind of tax collector that could tax your house. The debayer could tax your land. The debayer could tax your boat. The debayer could tax all these things, but the Mokis was worse than the debayer. The Mokis, brethren, could not only tax your house, but he would tax the furniture in your house. He can tax your boat, and not only your boat, but the net in your boat. He can tax the fish you caught. He was, y'all see, I'm trying to get y'all to see how bad these people were. Y'all see him? B hated tax collectors. They hated tax collectors. But isn't it interesting that the Bible says that all of the tax collectors, all of the publicans gathered around to hear Jesus. And then it says, and sinners. Well, what's the difference? These folk are bad, but who were the sinners? Well, the sinners were the ordinary people. The sinners were the people who weren't quite like the tax connectors. You know, sometimes you got, you uh, uh, ladies and, 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 and gentlemen, you know, sometimes how we categorize sin. Huh? We kind of say there's some big sin and some little sin. We see those glaring big sins. We see the prostitute and the drug addict and the alcoholic and, and, and the what else y'all do? Come on, help me. Huh? Huh? See that? I'm glad that brother that did his prayer tonight says, and Lord, especially help me. Amen. Y'all see that? So we see those big sins, and those big sins we point a finger at. But then you have the regular sinners. The regular sinners are all the ones who are gossipers and liars and evil speaking and jealousy of folk and, and all those things. See, brethren, those are some people that we don't mind coming to our church buildings. Those are the kind of people we don't mind sitting next to. Y'all see what I'm saying? Those is, Jesus is trying to say, I want you to see how bad these people is. See, brethren, we, we do that sometimes even in the Lord's church. Yeah, we look at somebody and we say, mm, they messed up. And they don't belong. Brother Matt, we look at folk and say, boy, look at all them tattoos. They, they tatted up. And, huh? Yeah, and see, and the thing about it is, some of y'all got tattoos and they just covered up. Uh-huh. 
Amen. 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 We say, see, church, we, we sit there and we go and we gossip and we do these things and, and, and those are the acceptable sinners. That's what was going on with Jesus. He says, the publicans and sinners drew near to hear him. What kind of preacher is this? He spends so much time with these publicans and the sinners and he doesn't spend enough time with us good folk. Now, brethren, after all, we are the scribes. After all, we are the Pharisees. We are the educated. Y'all ever seen them kind of folk that, that when they tell you their name, they put all them alphabets behind it? Yeah, I'm Dr. So-and-so and so-and-so, MB and ABC and XYZ. And, amen. Brother, the, Y'all going to see this in a minute. Brother, we are the strict law keepers. Y'all see that? We are the good folk. Yeah, we come together and we sing a cappella and we take communion every Lord's Day and we, and we give and we, and we listen to the sermon and we go home. We are the good people. You see how we, we, see how we do things? We live in good neighborhoods. See, I asked this morning if, if Portland has had a bad neighborhood. Now, some of y'all said they didn't, but I know they do. Because I think we went to one of them. <laughs> By accident. <laughs> but let the truth be known. Y'all see what I'm saying? We, we got those places that we don't want to go to. And we say they're a the bad neighborhood. Poto got, some, got a bad neighborhood. And you know where it's located in Poto? Across the tracks. Y'all across the tracks too. <laughs> amen. Amen. Wait, amen. Brother, so, so, so here it is. They, they, it's the folk that say, I've got it all figured out. Uh, we shop at the right places. We're upright. It looks like to me that he would spend time with us good folk. What kind of preacher would spend his time with all these bad folk? After all, we pay a salary, Brother, brother Chad. <laughs> so it looks like to me he ought to spend his time with us. And the problem, brethren, they had with Jesus is every time he would come to town, the house would fill up with publicans and sinners. If you came late, you couldn't even get a seat because of all of the publican sinners all came out to the place where he was at. But aren't you glad, church, that Jesus had time for bad folk? Amen. I was sharing with the brother this afternoon, that this morning, that don't you all know we all have a win? I never have y'all with that. You remember when you were growing up and you didn't always act right? See, y'all look good now. Y'all look so holy right now. <laughs> but you ain't always look like that. 
Remember when you was growing up and you did some stuff that you didn't, you didn't want your mama to know about and your grandma and, and the preacher? You know what I'm talking about? You hung out with some kids you didn't know you shouldn't have been hanging out with. You did some things you know you shouldn't have been doing. You may have taken that little drink or, or tried that little drug or, or whatever, fornication. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Huh? I'm telling you, church. See, see, and, and then all of a sudden, praise God, you come to know Jesus. And Jesus changes your life. And you're born again. And now you're walking with the Lord. And then you got this friend or some friends show up that you hadn't seen in 30 years. You know what I'm talking about? And they come up to you and you say, hey, man, what's going on? How you doing? You say, boy, I'm just praising God. I just love the Lord. And they say, what? I remember when. Come on. I remember when. Let me tell y'all something. We all have a win. But this is, the, this is, this is what would make us better. See, we, we haven't always been good. But thank God we serve a good God. So here they are. And I'm so glad about it, church, because I know in my falling down, I know that I don't always get it right, church. I know about my imperfections. I know my demons, brethren. And I know that the Lord will, will be there for me. I know the Lord would always love me. And I'm so glad, brethren, that Jesus had time for not so good folk. Y'all glad? That's, what I, that's why I get happy about Jesus. I know that the Lord, what he's done for me, God has brought me a mighty long way, brethren. And see, if, if you can't tell somebody your story, uh, I don't know how you'd be able to connect the folk, brethren. And these publicans and sinners would just flock around Jesus because Jesus had a message. Let me tell y'all something. We... We, gotta, we can't have a testimony. You can't even spell testimony with first, without first spelling test. You cannot have a message without first having a mess. We were a mess. And you know what's so interesting? The bad folk, the publicans and the sinners, they love praising the Lord. Church, let me tell y'all something. Sometime in the Lord's church, I told you, well, this is going to be for the church. Sometime in the Lord's church, we can get so sophisticated. We come in here, Brother Chad, and, and we're so afraid that, that folk don't think we got happy. Am I right? Y'all know, know where that comes from. Because we got some other folk out there in denominationalism getting happy, but they're getting happy not about the truth. It's all about sensationalism. And brethren, we got the truth. The Lord's church, we got the truth. And we, if we're going to get happy, let's get happy about the truth. It's okay to get happy. Church of Christ. Okay, y'all didn't like that. Um, <laughs> So Jesus has to help these people. He's got to help these scribes and these Pharisees understand how he sees sinners. So what do you think Jesus is going to do? What else 
is going to tell them a story. All right? So the first point of this sermon, brethren, was some sinners are like sheep that strays from the fold. That's where it's at. Now, brethren, and somebody has got to leave that 90 and 9, and they don't need, and they don't, they, they, that they don't need to, to, to the, need the, the, the physician, brethren, and they've got to bear the burden of restoration. He, he has to look for that sheep until he finds that sheep. Too many of us, church, are only concerned with the 90 and 9 who are faithful and we don't want to leave our comfort zone. Amen. And let me tell you something, church. Sheep that stray may not always come back with a nice card. That's right. They may, they, brethren, they may not be, get back with a nice phone call. Somebody may have to bear the burden and, and search till you find that, that, that sheep, him or her, brethren. And when you find them, put them on your shoulders and bring them back. And when you bring them back, church, everybody ought to rejoice. That's right. Let me tell you the reason some. The reason why some folk don't come back. The reason some folk, when they stray away from the fold, is because they know when they come back that too many of us will look at them with our judgmental attitude. We'll look at them and we'll say, mm, I wonder what they did. I wonder, I wonder what they've been doing. Amen, brethren. And so two things we ought to remember about is this. First of all, First of all, he knew how many sheep he had. Brethren, this ought to be a challenge for us in the Lord's church. This shepherd knew how many sheep was in the fold. And too, in too many of our congregations, brethren, you can be gone for four months and nobody will ever miss you. That's a problem. That's a problem, brethren. Because see, see, we're good about knowing how many are in the worship. We have what I call our faith boards. Y'all got a faith board here. Know what the faith board says? The faith board says how many was in attendance today. The faith board says how, what was your contribution today. That's what I call the faith board. You look at that and you say, okay, that's how many we had today. Okay, that's how much you have given today. Wonderful, brethren. But what you need to know about is, see, we're good about knowing how many, as I said, are in worship. But we also need to know who is here. And if we know who's here, we know what? Who's not here. Am I right? Amen. And if we know, brethren, who's not here, we can minister to them and help them to be here. And what we need, church, is a tracking system. That's right. And I know, brethren, somebody would say to me and say, Preacher, we ought not have to do all that. Well, you're right. We ought not have to do all that. But the children of the world are wiser than the children of light. But don't you know the children of the world's got a tracking system? How many of y'all work? You punch a clock? They tracking you. They tracking you. You fill out a timesheet? They tracking you. You see that, brethren? 
They know who's at the job and who's not at the job. They know when you leave and when you come. Amen, brethren. So, brethren, they've been using technology to aid their cause, and we still want to have Jesus limping around with nothing. Amen. Well, church, that's just the first, first part of this. I want, I want this first episode, church, to sink in. Let me just say this, and, and I'm not going to keep you. This is just, y'all know how they do on television? Y'all know how y'all watch... Um, 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 Holy Spirit's leading me to hush. <laughs> you know, on television, you know how they leave you in suspense? And you got to come back the next week or something to get it the next day? You got to come back tomorrow night to get the rest of this. Now, let me leave you with this. Brethren, I don't know a good way. Sheep are some of the most difficult animals to track to keep up with. And we at the Poto Church of Christ, we came up with a system that I think is one of the best systems that we ever could come up with, and we still don't have it perfected. And we call it sheep accountability. That's what we do. Now, we're, we're about 300, 330. And brethren, what we've done is all of the elders, all of the deacons, and all of the ministers, everybody, they are, we are accountable for a certain amount of sheep. And when the sheep come in on Sunday mornings, everyone who has some sheep that they're accountable for, they will come in and they will look for those sheep. And they will check out on their list if those sheep was there or not. And what they would do is, what we would do is, we would look and if we see some sheep that we haven't seen, okay, we give you the benefit of the doubt if you miss one time. But even with that, we want to check on you. You may be sick. And let me tell you all something else about sheep. Sheep are so sensitive. Am I right? Let a sheep get sick and you don't call them. Hello? And, and, and they come back, and they haven't gotten a phone call, and they'd be like, well, you didn't even call me. Well, you didn't tell us you were sick. Y'all see this? Brother, they would get mad. Folk would get, and those are those immature sheep that would get mad, and some of them would quit coming to worship. Some of them, those are the sheep that strays away. And what we would do is, if you miss one time, we say, okay, we'll give you that. But if you miss two times, we are calling you. We're calling you and say, hey, brother so-and-so, hey, sister so-and-so, where have you been? We've missed you. And we give them an opportunity to tell us what the deal is. And then, brethren, if they don't have a good excuse, we lovingly say, you know what? You can't be doing that. You will never be blessed. You will never have what you need because Satan is trying to deter you. Brother, we need, we need to be wiser than the children of the world. Does this make sense? That's what Jesus is talking about, first of all, with this lost sheep. 
Church, we're going to be talking about on tomorrow the lost corn, and then we're going to talk about the prodigal son, and then we're going to talk about last, so you can see, for those who may not come back, give you a teaser, to let you know at the last, we're going to talk about the rich man and Lazarus. And let me tell you something, it's all connected to this parable. So tonight, if you're not a child of God, let me tell you something. Jesus loves you. He died for each and every one of us. God sent his best to die for a sinner like me. Do I deserve to be saved? No. But God seeing fit in his, because of his mercy and his grace, he says, I want to save you. I don't want you to go to hell. And brethren, we have an opportunity to surrender our life to Jesus. And here's the thing about Jesus. If Jesus says, I give you, I give you a gift when you come to me. His name is the Holy Spirit. And brethren, in the church of Christ, in the church of Christ, church, we... Because we have not so dealt with the ministry of the Holy Spirit, a lot of us are afraid to talk about the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because those other, those other folk are talking about the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is doing and ain't doing, so we're afraid to talk about the Holy Spirit when we're the ones who got the Holy Spirit. Mm. Jesus says, as Peter writes, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, if you, if, you, if you are willing to repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins, God says, I give you a gift. And the gift is the Holy Spirit. The gift is God in us. And brother, when you, sisters, when you, when you, don't, when you don't have nobody to talk to in the midnight hour, you got somebody. It's called the Holy Spirit. He's called the Comforter. He can lift you up. Brother, when you need a friend, and, and he, he will be your friend. When you, when you need a banker, he'll be your banker. When you need a, a mother, he'll be your mother. If you need a father, he'll be your father. If, if you got wayward children, he says, I know how to comfort you, brethren. That's what we have in Christ Jesus. And the thing about it is, everybody does not have it. Only those who have been baptized into Christ. Well, how do I do it, preacher? By faith. Faith coming by hearing, hearing of the word of God. But then when you get the word of God, it does something to you. Amen. But you got to have an open heart. You cannot come. You cannot come into this building. You cannot come into the assembly of the believers and talk about, well, I know I got it figured out. And I'm just going to come up there and I'm not going to listen. And I don't care what the preacher says. And I'm going to go out because I'm setting my ways. on. Let me tell you something. God is not obligated to show you anything. Only if you're willing to see the truth. Will he show you that truth? And, what the day, and, the, and the good thing about the Lord is he'll put somebody in your path, somebody to show you, to tell you something. And brother, when the light comes on, like we'll see in this parable of the unjust steward, the light comes on. 
And the light comes on, you say, wow, I'm a sinner. But there's somebody. And now I'm willing to, because I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, because I believe the Word of God, for without faith it's impossible to please Him, I'm willing to repent of my sins. See, brother, when you, see, see, I was sharing with some of the brethren this morning is, we got to put just as much emphasis on repentance as we do baptism. Because, brethren, so oftentimes what we find is a lot of folk that go down in the water just go down a dry devil and come up a wet one. That's right. And you know what happens? We don't see them anymore. That's why he tells us in that great commission, go into all the world and do what, church? Make disciples. Then you baptize them. So somebody ought to, if you're here tonight, somebody ought to say, you know what? I don't want to go to hell. But most importantly, I want to, I want to spend eternal life with Jesus. And I'm going to repent of my sins. And I'm going to confess them before men. And I'm going to be obedient See, brethren, baptism is not a work. It's an act of obedience. Amen? And see, when, and when I'm baptized, I'll go down old Donald and I'll come up a new Donald. Amen? A new creation in Christ Jesus. Yeah. All things have been washed away. All my sins. I'm so glad he said all. Amen. But you know what the devil will say to you? The devil will say, well, you know what? You don't feel like you're saved. See, brethren, dealing with the Bible is not about feelings. That's subjective. It's about objectivity. Because God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Amen. And I walk up, I get up out of that watery grave, and the Bible says, be thy faithful unto death. I'm so glad he said, be thy faithful and not perfect. Because ain't none of us perfect. We gonna sin. And some of you may, may sin before you get out of this building tonight. Matter of fact, some of you are you're sinning right now because you're saying, I hope that preacher hurry up. <laughs> so, when we, so, Brother Eric, when we lead this invitation song, y'all just come on forward. <laughs> Amen. Brethren, that's the joy of salvation. That's for those who does not know Christ. But for those of us who are members of the Lord's church, we ought to be different. And brother, that doesn't mean I get it right every time. It doesn't mean I don't sin. It just simply means I'm redeemed. And sometimes, church, what we have to do in the Lord's church, sometimes, brother, we'll sit there in those pews and we know we've got a messed up life. We know our life is messed up. I don't, I don't like my sins. Brother, I hate it when I sin. I do, but I know when I sin. And I'm so glad Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, a blessed are they who mourn, for they should be comforted. What are we mourning over? Our sins. But Jesus says, if you come and you repent of those sins, I know how to comfort you. Brother, now we so much need that. And, and so oftentimes, brethren, we in the church, see, we'll come and we look good on Sunday morning. We work hard on looking good, don't we? We do. And then, brethren, we, we come and we live like we know Jesus on Sunday and, and Monday through Saturday, we live like the devil. We got too many in the Lord's church with one foot in the world and one foot in the church. It destroys our testimony. 
And sometimes, brethren, I just need some prayers. I want y'all to pray for me. I want y'all to pray for my wife because she doesn't always act right. (laughs) But the problem is her husband. Yeah. Brother, we need this. We need, and, and you know, the thing about it is, when we can come together, Brother Chad, and say, y'all pray for me, we're all family. Isn't that true? We are so afraid what folk, what their judgmental attitude is going to be toward me. If I come up here and say, you know, and I'm closing, y'all, I'm closing. But you know, one time, one time I, I preached on the subject of adultery. And the subject of fornication, on those subjects. And you know, and, and brother, I'm going to be real with you. I didn't expect for anybody to respond. You know why? Because if somebody would have came down forward to ask for forgiveness of their sins, you know what we would have been thinking? They were adulterers. Or they were fornicators. Am I right? So you know what happens? Nobody does anything that they can be better. So they go back and they live in that misery. They live in that despair. And you know what the devil says? <laughs> Get him. So tonight, if you are here, let me tell you something. The Bible says that we're going to give an account for everything we do in this old body, good or bad. I want, when I face the Lord, I want the Lord to say, well done, thy good and thy faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things, now I'll make you ruler over many. Come and enter into the joys of heaven. Isn't that what you want him to say? Now, brethren, if he does not say that, here's the other option. He'll say, depart. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity for I never knew you. Now, brethren, that word knew is the word, is an intimate, is an intimate word of intimacy. Jesus says, I never had a good relationship with you. Oh, you came to church on Sunday mornings. You see that? Oh, you read your Bible. Oh, you look good on the outside, but you did not have a truly personal relationship with me. When it was time for you to do something about your sins, you chose to look good on the outside because you were afraid what the people would say instead of knowing what I know about you. Brother Eric, where you at, Brother Eric? Just stand up so they think I'm through. (laughs) Amen. If you're here tonight and there's something we can do for you, Won't you come as we stand and sing the songs of invitation?